The Thanksgiving season is here, which also means the Christmas season is fast approaching. And I know for so many of us, that means we're going to be planning meals, making travel arrangements, discussing politics with Uncle Frank over turkey and green bean casserole. But I want us to remember to keep the main thing the main thing. Well, welcome to the Bible Studies for Life Adult podcast. This podcast is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And during this podcast, we're going to return to the whole point of the Thanksgiving season, which is giving thanks and specifically to the truth that God deserves our thanks. And one thing I'm thankful for, I get to do this podcast with Dr. Chris Johnson. You did exactly what happens in our culture. You've lumped Thanksgiving and Christmas together. Uh, There was a movement several years ago that a friend of mine was involved in uh, called Let's Give Thanksgiving a Chance. (laughs) And so uh, my wife and I have adopted it, man. She will not do any Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving's over. It just doesn't happen. That's our policy. That's our policy, too. (laughs) So let's give Thanksgiving a a chance. That's what we're for. So we're going to talk about it today. And joining Chris and I for this conversation is Travis Agnew. Travis wrote the text for our personal study guide for this particular study. Travis, thank you for taking the time to meet with us. It is an honor to be here with you guys. It really is. Uh, Travis is a fairly new writer for us, has written some for Extra, and we uh, grabbed him for this session. And uh, I'll tell you right away, as I edited this, I fell in love with his ability to write and the way he communicates. Uh, But when Travis is not writing for Bible Studies for Life, he is the lead pastor at Rocky Creek Church, Greenville, South Carolina. Travis, how long have you been at the church? So I've been at Rocky Creek for about six and a half years, which is only about 3% of the church's life. It was uh, planted in 1834 on a country dirt road. It was a family church and in uh, Greenville was kind of blown up around it, especially the last few decades. And so getting near 200 years old as a congregation, but uh, it's just a special congregation of folks. It's something, uh, you know, I say this. Um, that it's an honor just to have myself as a member and to raise my family in the church, even if I wasn't on staff. We just love the people. Uh, it's a it's a different type of church where just people are coming from every walk of life and trying to do what we can to make disciples and offer hope to people who don't have any in our city. And so it's just a beautiful thing to be a part of. And my daily prayer is, Lord, don't let me mess up what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask you what you enjoy about pastoring Rocky Creek, but I think you just told us a great testimony about the church. It's a good good group of people. And and like I said, it, it was pretty wild. Even uh, with me trying to coordinate with you guys, I was, I was late because on the way from where I was going, coming up to Ridgecrest today, uh, uh, we actually ran into somebody who has just finished up his rehab program and has graduated. And I got the opportunity to baptize a few months ago. And now he's going into seminary training and seeing where he was a year ago, uh, literally just coming off the streets and in a horrible situation now going into uh, going into a ministry training program. And we were uh, at a restaurant and just ran into him and his mentor and his mentors coming up and saying, I cannot just thank your church for what you do. You guys aren't afraid to touch some people that are just in a lowest place in life. And so it's just one of those thrills just to see when people are getting it, uh, taking the, the word and going with it. And so it's just a beautiful thing. So uh, just to be a part of. Great testimony. Something for us is certainly to be thankful just how God is working working through you and how he's working in that man's life. But we are talking about thanks. 
in particular the fact that God deserves our thanks, and we have so much to thank God for. What we're going to be doing in this session is we're going to be in Psalm 65. There's not a whole lot we know about the background of this psalm, uh, as far as the context where David was and the writing of this. We just don't know. But it's certainly a psalm that that speaks, I think, to us as we think about being thankful. So we're going to look at this psalm in three sections. We're going to begin by looking at the fact that we can be thankful for God's forgiveness. Uh, gentlemen, I'm going to read the first four verses, and then I'm going to turn it over to you. Praise is rightfully yours, God, in Zion. Vows to you will be fulfilled. All humanity will come to you, the one who hears prayer. Iniquities overwhelm me but only you can atone for our rebellion. How happy is the one you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We will be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. So my hope is that as we uh, gather uh, the weekend of, of, of Thanksgiving uh, to worship the Lord, that um, we will do it with thankful hearts and uh, follow some of the uh, the heart that we see in David of giving praise and thanksgiving to God and worshiping him uh, for his goodness and provision. Uh, it's an awesome, um, it's an awesome Psalm. It is. And typically what we do, we think about Thanksgiving for family, the food in front of us, uncle Frank, we, th we think about those things in front of us, but this Psalm touches base on the things that God does for us, not just providing those things, but for instance, this idea that he atones for our rebellion. Yeah. I think what's, what's so neat is right. You know, when we think about what we're hoping to happen with our families and friends during Thanksgiving weekend, as we can look around at practical examples and show gratitude. And while that is uh, definitely something we need to pursue, uh, there is nothing more to be thankful for than the grace of of uh, god over our lives and he says you know verse three iniquities overwhelm me and i imagine that if uh we actually did the crazy thing in our church and our small groups and sunday school classes and were honest with one another right that we would say yeah my iniquities have overwhelmed me i've, I've done some things that i regret uh, i have some habits i've continued to carry on i thought i'd be beyond this and yet they can be overwhelming and so how do we do it and so typically we try to cover it we try to hide it and he says the only way we can do that uh, is if God atones for our rebellions. And the word atone is interesting because, you know, you think about the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, right? Like in the Old Testament, atone really meant this covering of. It's almost like, uh, hey, here, here's this really messy situation that somebody's kind of putting something over so that you don't see its, its presence anymore. It's been covered by something. And we know in the Old Testament that covering uh, was a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. But even when we go to the Garden of Eden, right, the very first few uh, pages of the Bible, I always think about how Adam and Eve, uh, after they sinned, left Garden of Eden. But they left clothed in garments of skin, which meant something had to die to cover up their shame. Something had to cover them, right? And the same thing you go throughout Genesis and Exodus and throughout the whole Old Testament, you find this that there was a need for people to say, so what do we do with sin? And, and there was a sacrificial system that was created to atone, to cover for uh, God's people's sins. And yet then we get to the New Testament, and that is found in the, uh, the final sacrifice where the great high priest can sit down, Jesus, because it is finished, right? That he can actually cover our sins. And I think about these wonderful truths from God's word. How it says he remembers our sins no more. Uh, he removes them as far as the east is from the west. And so no matter how much of a mess our, 
our iniquities overwhelm us, God's mercy can uh, literally atone. It can cover for our sins. And if we really comprehend that, there's no way we cannot give thanks to him. It's going to just come out. The overflow of the mouth, our heart's going to, he's going to speak, right? That we're just going to be overwhelmed and say, he's been so good to us. I've uh, been so gracious to us. And it causes us to want to give him thanks. So I love the fact that you mentioned that God removes our sins. And that 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 picture is obviously there in uh, the teaching around the day of atonement, that that's a part of what atonement is, is God covering our sins, God removing our sins, God taking our sins away from us. Uh, it's beautiful imagery. And I hope that uh, uh, you guys, as you listen to this, you might want to look to the book of Leviticus. I don't usually tell people you should read Leviticus before you go to church. Uh, but that the, the teaching on the day of atonement and what it is, is it's a powerful image. And I uh, appreciate you talking about atonement um, as a key thing to be thankful for, Travis. Well, no, you're right on, and it's funny because uh, our church we've been we have a few different Bible reading plans we introduced this year. So in November, obviously, we're getting close to the the end of it for uh, our church. But I remember when we got through Leviticus, those who are reading through the entire Bible in a year, there were some folks who are like, "Okay, Pastor, you said we were going to get slowed down or want to quit at this point." And I said, "How how do we get through Leviticus?" And I said. You keep reading this and read all the stuff they had to go through and you be thankful for Jesus because we don't have to do all that stuff because he satisfied it completely. And so when we do go to church, the fact that we're not dragging in some uh, livestock with us and, you know, throwing blood on the wall, uh, how can we how can we do that? It's because of Jesus Christ. And that should cause just an honest sense of gratitude to say every bit of that. Right. has been met and fulfilled and none other than Jesus and causes us to give thanks. Certainly a good reason to be thankful. I, I love this picture that, that David has painted here, feeling overwhelmed. Then he says, only you, God, only you can atone for our rebellions. But then he follows that up in this idea, my iniquities have been atoned for. Then he says, happy is the one you choose to bring near to live in your courts. So he doesn't just atone and forgive us. He brings us to himself. And I think about, you know, we hear about presidential pardons, that the president will, uh, someone who has been uh, incarcerated for whatever reason, has the full right to issue a pardon to that person. And when that person's pardoned, they're set free from the prison. They're, it's covered. But that doesn't mean they get to go live in the White House with the president. But for us as Christians— that's exactly what we get to do. Our sins are atoned for, and happy are the ones you choose to bring near to live in your courts. That ought to make us thankful. I've always told people when they say, well, how do I know if I've forgiven someone? I said, well, would you want the type of forgiveness that you show to somebody else? Would you want God to show that? And a lot of times we forgive people who've wronged us as, well, I'll forgive you, but I just don't want you around. I'm going, well, thank God that he doesn't do that to us. Like, I'll forgive you. I just don't want you in my house one day. It's like, no, I, I forgive you, and you're welcome here. You're you're part of the family, which is just at a totally different level. Wow. Let's move on to verses 5 through 8, because we've thinking about being thankful for what God has done with that, that forgiveness that's in that atonement. But in this, I want us to see his greatness and power as well. This is verse 5. You answer us in righteousness with awe-inspiring works. God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the distant seas. You establish the mountains by your power. You are robed with strength. 
You silence the roar of the seas, the roar of their waves, and the tumult of the nations. Those who live far away are awed by your signs. You make east and west shout for joy. Really see a good, strong picture of God's greatness and power in that. And we can be grateful for his goodness and greatness. And uh, this is something that can be a part of our Thanksgiving celebration. That verse five, the awe-inspiring works and the hope of all the ends of the earth. Um, while, you know, we like to say, oh, Thanksgiving is going to be this happy time for everybody who's going through this curriculum together and they're getting the family. Most people are coming together with a lot of dysfunction and drama, a lot of regrets, a lot of unmet expectations. And the fact of how God provides hope is so key because right now I feel like it's such a missing element for even believers today. Uh, we are very much doom and gloom and the world's falling apart. And yet uh, it's almost like sometimes like if, if we, if we were to honestly just portray the way we live out our lives, sometimes it doesn't sound like we're following the good news. <laughs> it sounds like we're part of the bad news or something there. There's not a lot of hope to the, the life that we live. And he said, look, God can provide us the hope. And he does things by, by establishing the mountains, by silencing those scary waves, right? And, and all those things that we can be awed by as signs. And I think that one of those things is that we have to remember is that God still offers hope to his people. And I think that's a valid point, uh, Travis. You brought out in what you wrote, just how you stress that, you know, well, as you were talking about, we live in a time of of a needing hope. People crave this, this hope. And I love this picture that, that David's given us. Not only are we atone for, we're now living in his courts, but we can have hope because we're in his presence and we're in the presence of the one who does all these majestic, powerful things. What do we have to be afraid of? What do we have to be concerned about? And there's hope and he gives us confidence. So I don't usually read direct quotes when an author is uh, in our presence, but I loved this. You said um, uh, the, we're living in a world that is um, a lot of change, a lot of changes. Um, the world, ch uh, the world's changes have left us with different levels of despair, confusion, and fear. And that's the world we live in. And yet, in the midst of that, we can have hope. Um, listen, that's good news. We need to be reminded of the hope that we have in God. Absolutely. And, and you know, I think uh, that's I think right. With um, uh, there's a dear friend of mine that I've gotten to know in recent weeks. We are, um, I'm preaching at a prison, uh, men's prison, uh, every couple of weeks right now. And there's a guy who I've been talking with after the services and really seems like he's connected some stuff. And one day he said something I wasn't ready for. He's like, he said, Pastor Travis, I can't wait to come out. One day I'm going to visit your church. And he looks down at his watch and goes, it's going to be another 11 years, but you get ready. I'm coming. Okay. And I said, okay, like, fair <laughs> enough. Right? But like, there's, there's somebody who is saying, whatever I can do to grab onto hope today, I got to grab it. And I'm going to be in your church one day, and it's going to be 11 years from now. And that's what's kind of keeping me going right now. And, and I hear these guys give other wow. stuff. And I think like sometimes we have to say, what is it that we're reaching for? Well, we know this, that one day, um, it may be 11 years, it might be less, it may be longer, but we're going to be released from uh, a not so easy place to live either. And that is this earth and be in the presence of Jesus finally. And and that that hope of tomorrow, I think, even when he's talking about those who live far away are awed by your signs, that the tumult of the nations that are going on right now, like there's 
there's coming a time when we're going to be released and we're going to be finally uh, out of the prisons of this world, if you will. And, and what you know is if we do have that hope of the future, it allows us to kind of, I would say, endure today and find the hope that is tucked away in some of the, the places in life that sometimes we, we may not even look for to know that, yes, God can even do the miraculous here and now. And uh, maybe what we're praying for in our family or in our lives to take place, that God is still able to do those mighty things. If he can do what, like David said in his psalm, then there is not a situation that we can bring to him that somehow he's incapable to address. So that's a good point for us to think about as we being thankful for God, for his awesomeness, his power and all that. We can kind of do that sort of in this abstract. Well, you know, look at look at nature, look at the stars, God's awesome and his power. But to come down and say, how has God's greatness and power, what has it accomplished in your life? And we bring that down to the personal level to realize that God is the same God who did all of this creative work. He is at work in my life as well. I think there's a great point of discussion for us in our groups. Yeah, one of the questions that we ask, Lynn, is where do you see God's greatness and power on display today in in the world? And uh, hopefully that will help people to do what the psalmist did and reflect on God's great power and how awesome he is. And in God's great power and awesomeness, he does provide for us. And we see this as we come to the third section, which begins in uh, verse 9. You visit the earth and water it abundantly, enriching it greatly. God's stream is filled with water. For you prepared the earth in this way, providing people with grain. You soften it with showers, bless its growth, soaking its furrows and leveling its ridges. You crown the year with your goodness. Your carts overflow with plenty. The wilderness pastures overflow and the hills are robed with joy. The pastures are clothed with flocks and the valleys covered with grain. They shout in triumph. Indeed, they sing. Well, that sounds like a Thanksgiving prayer right there. He covers all the bases, man. That's right. And it's true. God does provide for us. I love I love the in verse 11, you crown the year with your goodness. And I think if you think Thanksgiving, you're kind of ending the year, getting close to wrapping everything up, and you go, but how many things do the, even the three of us do we experience on a daily basis? And we are so used to it, we never stop to show God gratitude for it, right? That you just kind of assume uh, this thing, these things are going to be here. The, the, the water is going to be there. The food's going to be there. The air conditioning, the heat's going to be there. The, the vehicle's going to work. That that covering on the house is going to be there. And he goes, you, you've crowned the year with your goodness. Just every year, just faithful. And so to look around a table and go, we have more than what we need or deserve. And to look around a house and say, we have more than what we need or we deserve. And to look back over our lives at all the things we have probably tried to sabotage ourselves, and yet God remain faithful in the midst of it. And we look and say, he's been good at every step of the way. And so you start looking around and going, even if there are things that I'm still looking for God to do, what what do I have to be thankful for right now for what he's already done? Yeah, we one of the questions that we ask aligns with that. It's uh, what is one thing that God has provided for you that you sometimes take for granted? And that you—that's exactly what you talk about. We we have that tendency, and uh, this should be a season when we recognize His goodness. Your carts overflow with plenty. What a great image! Our point of this whole Bible study is that that we do have so much to thank God for. 
as you're in your Bible study groups, dialogue about this, talk about this, talk about those things uh, as we have, those that you take for granted. Consider how he has provided forgiveness. He's provided physically for you, uh, all the awesome things that God does for us. Uh, but in your discussion, be sure to leave some time at the end to talk about, okay, this has been a nice conversation. What do I do with it beyond this Bible study? In our books and our resources, there is that section called Live It Out, where we've provided some application ideas. And Travis, I want to look at, I want to take a moment and talk about these because I think you've provided three really strong ideas for us to live out this a role of thankfulness. For instance, first of all, you talk about this idea of personal reflection. Yeah, I think there's just an opportunity for us just to take a look around the room, look around our life, look at whatever it is, just to say, let's start getting specific. And I think the more that we start taking inventory of all the things that God has done, it doesn't remove our problems, but it at least does get us in a good frame of mind to go, let me consider all that he has already done. I mean, y'all are going to think this is silly, but I'll just have confession. Sometimes when my prayers get stagnant, uh, I will do this thing that I call the alphabet praise, where I will take every letter of the the alphabet. Okay, you're you're shaking your head, so this is you, you know what I'm talking about here, Lynn. Like I I will just start going down, like God A, you are amazing, and let me tell you why. God B, you are beautiful. You, let me tell you why, and I'll just start going through, or maybe I'll start listing out things that He has done, and even in uh, the groups that you, the, this study that going through, you might have a time where you just say, let's go around the circle, <laughs> just like, and let's start listing those things, and I think sometimes even that interaction, um, somebody may bring up something that they have to be grateful for, and it, it kind of stimulates somebody else to think, you know what, I, I should be more grateful for that as well, uh, and you know, uh, I, I think sometimes we need those kind of uh, catalysts in our own lives. So I would say, either on a personal level, in a group, let's start getting very, very specific about those items that you have to be. And some of them are very uh, tangible and some of them are very abstract. But I think it's important to start listing those things out. I think that's great. I, I, uh, Travis, I think that's a great exercise that uh, we could do in a group. We're talking about just going alphabetically through those things we can be thankful praise God for, uh, do that as a group. And we kind of get the experience and it, it could become a, a part of our own personal uh, prayer time. But with that, you've also, we're going to kind of take this to the next level, this idea of thanking God. Uh, you also talk about intentionally encouraging others, expressing thanks for them. Tell us about that. So I think that, um, all of us would, uh, we, we probably have those encouragers in our life that we know it came in at the exact right time that we needed them. And um, it, it was interesting to me just recently, I had somebody come up to me uh, at the church and said, Pastor, I don't mean to take your time, but um, I need to talk to you for a little bit. And I, he said, can I sit down and talk with you? I said, sure. And and uh, he goes, just something you said in the sermon bothered me the other day. And I thought, oh, here we go. You know what? <laughs> and I'm just thinking, I, I don't need another discouraging thing today. And uh, And he said, you said something about how some days you walk away uh, on a Sunday and wondering, do you know what you're doing? And if you're being used by God and that you just kind of struggle with that. And with tears in his eyes, he said, I just want to tell you, don't you ever think that again, because you have changed my life. And I know you probably hear that all the time. And I said, no, I don't continue. please." <laughs> it's just like, but like, but it was this moment of like, he, I thought he was going to be, um, you know, I don't know, giving a complaint or something. He just said, you have meant so much to me and to my family. And I'll just tell you, uh, that was kind of the fuel that I needed that day. You know, just somebody to say, hey, I appreciate you. And it is, 
is a funny statement. I'm sure you hear this all the time is the reality is we don't, we don't really take time to stop and encourage other people for the value that they put into our lives. And I just know that all of us probably need those folks around us. And so if we need that, I think you just start going through and, and, and our, you know, group activity that we're in, how often could it be um, people that are listening to this, that somebody could share a prayer request and nobody follow up on, right? Or somebody's helped and no one says, hey, let me say thank you for that. Like just that intentionality to say, you have meant so much to me. You have helped me. And I just want to say, I'm so thankful in your life. And I think just making it a priority, really a rhythm of your life to say, who can I encourage today? And what that's doing is, as you're encouraging, it's also activating something inside you to say, look how good God's been to surround me with these wonderful people who are helping me continue on. And so I think that process of being intentional to encourage others will also increase our own personal gratitude. Excellent. You have one th- uh, additional idea here for us to take this idea of Thanksgiving. This takes it to another level, and that is to have this idea of a family discussion about the things that we're thankful for. Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, <laughs> I, it's not beyond me to encourage families who say they have some kids that may seem ungrateful to say, you know, what you could do Thanksgiving morning is that you could do some meals on wheels or you could go to a local food bank or you could go to a homeless shelter and you could really teach your family and exercise and what is what we have to be thankful for. And, uh, and, and that may be seem a little extreme, but sometimes it is that shock that I would say some kids need, but if I'm honest with you, so do adults. Like sometimes to see people in a situation that have, don't have the things that we take for granted. And so whether it's a, Hey, let's get in the car and we're going to do something or let's sit around the living room with all the devices off, uh, with us looking eyeball to eyeball, opening up this passage of scripture and saying, all right, how has the Lord crowned this year with goodness? Let's start listing out all the things that God has been good to us. Or sometimes we do this in our family before prayer time at night is, hey, let's go to each person around the, the circle here and say, why are we thankful for this person being in our family? And, uh, and you know, that's something a lot of times uh, you know, a lot of times siblings don't really uh, make it a discipline to encourage one another, but to say, you know what, uh, let me, let me encourage you. You've been really helpful for me, or you're always somebody who makes me laugh or something. And so I just think that uh, where it's um, possible for a family to sit down and say, Let, let's do, let's take an inventory of our life and our relationships and just what do we have to be grateful for? And if there's any desperate situation, who is a family that we need to help? Uh, who is, um, somebody that we can go alongside. Do we need to leave our house this Thanksgiving or this holiday season and package gifts for somebody else or make a meal for somebody else? Um, I, I'll never forget. There was one Thanksgiving that we had at our house where we had some international exchange students. We had some extended family members that had nobody else. Uh, I had a guy who worked at Office Max that I'd gotten close to and I invited him over for Thanksgiving. And I, before we had that meal that day, um, I looked at everybody and said, hey, um, I, I can guarantee the 25 people that are in my living room right now, we're probably not going to be spending Thanksgiving next year together exactly the same amount of people because I, I don't think anybody in this room knows everybody except for me. But uh, can we just go around the room and let's just say what we have to be thankful for? And this Office Max worker said, uh, it's been years since I've had a meal with family at Thanksgiving, and I'm just thankful for you all inviting me in, right? Well, what does that do in that moment? That just causes everybody in there to go, gosh, I've taken this for granted. And, uh, and so I think whatever it is, sometimes we just got to 
put ourselves in a situation to where the youngest and the oldest in our home start really looking around and saying, God's been good to us and we need to thank him. We certainly do have so much to be thankful for. Thanks for that, Travis. And Travis, thank you for being a part of this podcast with us today. Well, it's an honor to do so, man. I appreciate all that you guys do to impact so many and so many churches with the word uh, every week. Thank you, our listeners. We're grateful to God for you. And uh, we hope that this will, uh, that as you listen to this before you and your family gather for Thanksgiving, that this may uh, give you some ideas as to things that you can do with your family and around the table. Uh, Hope that you'll take to heart the importance of thinking through God's goodness and all of his blessings to us. Uh, Hope you have a great Thanksgiving and a great Bible study this week. And thanks for being a part of our Bible Studies for Life podcast. 